Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! It's one out. Pete He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town. Only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Game three of the 1989 World Series. The Oakland Athletics against the San Francisco Giants. I'm Al Michaels. Welcome to game three. So the Oakland A's take... A's trying to sweep, but the Giants have certainly not made life easy for them tonight. It's a ground ball to the right side, speared by Phillips. Flips Eckersley. Yes, he's there in time, and the A's are the world champions. The 1 1 pitch is drilled to left center. Duggar going back at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And Pinder has tied it up. Swung on and hammered to deep left. Marquetta knows. Out it goes into the night. Off the bench for Marquetta. And the A's are in front 4-3 to three on a mammoth home run against Tony Watson. 2-2 pitch. Chopper off the plate. Tough play coming on Crawford. Glouse drops it. It falls into center field. Around third to Simeon. He scores. And the A's have won the favorite series. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, do we have a special show for you today. We're going to have the Bob Melvin Show coming up at 4.30. Glenn Kuyper, the TV face of the Oakland Athletics, will be here at 4.50. We just went down and interviewed Stephen Vogt on the field. We all know how much you love Stephen Vogt. And then my old friend Marty Lurie, who does the Giants pre- and post-game show, will be here at 5.10. But Farhan Zaidi joins us here. He's the president of baseball operations for the San Francisco Giants. 
and it's just it's weird seeing you with the Giants, seeing Vote with the Giants. <laughs> but uh, how have you been? Been good. It's it's nice to see familiar faces, and I agree. It's a little weird for me too, seeing all the old friends from Oakland and realizing, oh, I'm I'm with the Giants now. But uh, this organization's been great. We've had a fun year, so it's it's fun to get together for this series. I think it'll be a really fun two days. Yeah, I remember the first time I met you was actually during a game. I had to go down and talk to Billy Bean about our Ford commercials, mm-hmm. and you guys were working out during that. I mean, this was year. I don't even remember what year this was. So. It's been a long time, and, and and congratulations on the success from what you did with the Dodgers to what you're doing now with the Giants. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I gave Billy a lot of grief for those Ford commercials, as you may well know. <laughs> I, I kept uh, all those uh, YouTube links and would bring them up every time he walked into my office. But um, I appreciate it. And, you know, the Oakland organization from Billy on down was so great with me. And, you know, that's what makes – these series and these games so special seeing old friends you know Bob Melvin who I was with for a couple years and the amazing job he's done with this roster and continues to do year in year out so um, I really appreciate it but you know the A's the whole organization and team has a real special place in my heart you know when you came in we all thought that this was going to be like a teardown like we're seeing with a lot of teams in baseball and then all of a sudden your guys caught fire what an interesting scenario you were in (laughs) at the deadline tell us what that was like yeah you know it was funny i would you know see either uh, stuff written on the internet or you know on mlb network people are talking about oh this is really you know complicating life for the giants and and uh, for their front office, and I'm thinking, you know, if you think winning is a complication, you just, you know, either haven't worked in this game or followed this game enough because, uh, you know, everything's better when you're winning, and that's why July was such a fun month for us. And uh, you know, with this market and the expectations of this fan base and the quality of teams that they've seen over the last decade, they want to see a winner. They want to see good baseball. And even though we are an organization in transition, uh, being able to do some of that work while continuing to field a competitive ball club, that's always been a goal of ours. And so for us to really pick up the play the last couple of months and work ourselves into the wild card picture, it's been fun to see, and hopefully we can keep it up. I'm glad you said, yeah, it's about winning. In the end, at this level, some teams are – we know the players are trying and, and the and – the, and, and the manager and the coaches, but the front offices are, are in teardown mode. I, I like the fact that if you're winning, you know what? This is this is what it, this is what we're paying. This is why people are paying all this money. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I learned from the best with that. I mean, Billy, uh, you know, in the market in Oakland doesn't always have uh, the same resources as at his disposal as some of his competitors, but tries to put together a winning ball club every year. And you know, I think about, um, you know, I started in '05, we went to the playoffs in '06, and you know, then we had some lean years. But even in those lean years, uh, you know, we never lost more than, I think, 88 games, never had a 90-loss season, let alone a 100-loss season. And, you know, in some of those seasons, we made the Matt Holiday trade and traded some good prospects to get him. And, you know, that was really a, you know, a signature of the franchise and the way Billy operated is he wanted to give the club a chance to compete and to win every year. And so for me coming here, I think those lessons being part of those teams. And then again, you know, after those years, the 2012 season happened where Bob did such a wonderful job with the team and where we turned it over and we had a lot of young players on that team and, you know, 12, 13, 14 went to the playoffs and now you see what they did again last year and having another good season this year. So, uh, you know, I think that's a lot of Billy's influence on the way I've tried to evaluate the situation and operate in this situation is always try to give yourself a chance. I know you and Billy are still very close and you, you still talk with him. What do you think is the number one thing you learned from him? I think that's it. I mean, what I just said, just, you know, this notion that I think people uh, 
think about baseball almost too much like some of the other sports, like football or like basketball, where you see tanking and trying to get a number one pick and um, you know, and that might work in those sports. In basketball, where a franchise player can totally turn your fortunes around, that's not true in baseball. One player isn't going to make the difference between winning and not. Uh, good baseball teams are the accumulation of a lot of good moves and a lot of good baseball evaluations, whether they're by scouts, whether they're by analysts. Um, and you just have to keep working and grinding. And I think that's the lesson that I learned from working from Billy those years and seeing multiple incarnations of competitive teams is just never stop working and never get yourself in a mindset where you're not trying to win and where you give up on a season. Yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of like-minded franchises right now, and I think that's why we can see some stalemate in free agency. We can see some stalemate right before the deadline. And people who, you know, they might be a little afraid to make moves, and that's one thing. We do the David Force show here on A's Cast Live, and I told this to David, and I've said this to Billy before. What I like about them, they're, they're fearless. They're right. not worried what someone's going to They're not worried if the media is going to get after them or, or the fan base. They're going to do what's right, and they're never going to be scared. Is that something you also learned? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think back to the trade deadline leading up to it, and obviously we had a lot of players, and particularly relievers, that teams were interested in that – you know, competitive teams, teams that were in the playoff hunt were interested in. You know, I think back to some of the conversations I had with teams, you know, where the message was, hey, we're, we're hedging, we're not sure, you know, whether we're in it, we're not sure whether we're good enough, we're not sure whether we're good enough as the absolute best teams in baseball. And you're kind of thinking, well, if you don't want to compete, we do, so we'll just, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take a run at it. So, uh, again, I think what you talked about with the fearlessness, you know, I remember – you know, something Billy talks about, he's made as many trades and really as many bold trades as anybody in the game. Um, and, you know, one thing that he would always say is don't focus so much on what you're giving up, focus on what you're getting. And that sounds so simple, but it's a really difficult mindset to get in because you can get bogged down in fearing what you're giving up and whether it may burn you and lose sight of the fact that you're getting something back that's really going to help you. And, you know, he's been around the block and he's made, you know, some great trades and, you know, he's made some other trades that maybe didn't work out as well. And he's certainly made a lot more good trades than not. But, you know, once you've had a couple of trades that maybe don't work out the way you plan, which is inevitable, and you realize you're still here and you're still standing, I think that creates a lot of that fearlessness. And that's really the best way to operate. Like we said, kind of getting back to the notion that, you know, baseball team, good baseball teams are accumulation of a lot of moves and a lot of good transactions and evaluations. If you get paralysis, how are you going to get there? And and that's where kind of Billy and David keep things moving. They're always trying to figure out how to make their team better, and you've seen it again this year. Now you know A's and Giants don't make trades. That's right. Are we, are we finally <laughs> – is this thing going to thaw and we're going to finally see some trades between you two? I think leading up to the deadline, I made a bit of a bold prediction that we're going to uh, break that streak. Um, and, you know, I had some conversations with those guys. I talked to them pretty regularly anyway. Um, and we had some substantive baseball talks that unfortunately didn't lead anywhere. But, yeah, the cold winter will thaw eventually, I think. You know, we, we maintain a pretty good dialogue. And, uh, you know, when there's a good baseball match, we're, we're not going to be afraid to pull the trigger on something that can potentially help us both. You got two guys here that meant that means so much to the franchise, that won the World Series. When you think about, you know, Buster Posey and the guy going today, Madison Bumgarner, you know, dealing with guys like that, what's, what's that like for you? Because everybody thought you were going to trade Madison Bumgarner, but you know, he, he's like a statue guy. Yeah. How, do, how do you deal <laughs> with guys like this? It's been a lot of fun for me. I mean, I've seen those guys from obviously – 
across the Bay in Oakland. I've seen them, you know, from down south in L.A., you know, so been rivals with those guys in a couple of different situations. And so it's been cool to see them up front, see how they go about their business on a day in, day out basis, what they bring to the club, you know, the how the mentality of this club changes or lights up when Bumgarner's taking the hill, which I saw some with Kershaw in L.A. too. It's, it's a similar dynamic. So uh, it's been fun for me to get to appreciate those guys from up close. Um, and, you know, the fact that all these years later, they're still as motivated as any players that I've been around and still believe in what this team can accomplish this year. And you might think that with their history of success, there might be complacency in a season like this where nobody really knew how it was going to play out for us. But seeing the way they grind and, you know, the way they continue to lead this team has been pretty special. So you go down to Los Angeles, right? You go from you go from the A's where, you know, right. you're saving every penny to now you've got a payroll. It's the Dodgers. I mean, your TV contract. What was the L.A. experience? And, and a dramatic difference going from Oakland to Los Angeles, just living with yeah. your family. Yeah. What, what, what was that like? You know, it was funny. In the early days, I remember being asked about it, and I said, you know, in Oakland, it was almost like you could take a big portion of the player market and say, we don't have to worry about those guys, those hundreds of millions of dollars players, like just totally like segment that part of the player market out. Um, you know, suddenly when you're in a big market, nothing's off the table. I mean, you got to evaluate everything. You got to make some difficult decisions that involve a lot of money. And, uh, you know, it's interesting thinking back over my few years there, I think some of the best moves we made were smaller moves and not the moves where you're shelling out big dollars. And, um, you know, so I think both myself and Andrew Friedman took some of our quote unquote small market mentality and maintained that discipline, but, you know, knew that we had resources at our disposal and were able to use those too. So uh, it was a little bit of a culture shock at first, but, uh, but you know, eventually he acclimated and it's a tremendous franchise and it was a fun place to work the last few years. Well, I said this to Stephen Boat earlier and I'll say it to you. I know I'm not supposed to say we're rooting for you, but you know, <laughs> as A's fans, we're rooting for you because... It's like, you know, recently we've had Josh Reddick on, we've had Coco on, we've had Gio Gonzalez, we've had Sean Doolittle. And I think for all of you guys, you kind of grew in the game in Oakland. It'll always be a special place for you and your families. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, back to that decade that I was there, and especially those last few years, 12, 13, 14, going through the playoffs, those guys, we just played the Nationals. Kurt Suzuki was in, yeah. and he's obviously another guy that I think of with that group. So. Yeah, it was a pretty special time, and again, continue to be friends with these guys and seeing what they do. I admire them both kind of professionally and personally, so I obviously wish them the best as well. Hey, thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Great stuff. We got more coming up for you right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. You know why you listen to A's Cast Live? Because that's the kind of stuff you get. You get presidents of baseball operations. You get Hall of Famers. You get All-Stars. You get Cy Young Award winners. Yesterday, we had the great Jose Canseco, 1988 MVP. We had Kevin Mitchell, 1989 National League MVP. We had Barry Zito on, Cy Young Award winner. That's the kind of stuff you get when you listen to A's Cast Live. And you're going to get the Bob Melvin Show coming up here at 430. But if you didn't know, the A's front office, they're doing the McCovey Cove takeover, a little booze cruise with Matt Pearl and the group, and our own, the face, as we like to say, of A's all night, Alex Jensen, also the voice of the St. Mary's Gale, giving us a little update. Hopefully the boat hasn't sunk. 
Yeah, thanks, Tony. Out here at uh, Encinal Yacht Club in Alameda with a bunch of the A's front office and uh, A's fans. Everyone's having a good time. I've got a beer in my hand myself. We've got uh, a taco bar here as well as a as well as a bar. You get a couple of drink tickets when uh, you come through the door. Plenty of uh, green and gold hung on the walls around here. Plenty of folks wearing green and gold. Plenty of A's gear. And everyone's just ready to have a good time, man. I mean, we are ready for this, what they're calling the McCovey Cove takeover, uh, where our boat is going to be just hanging out there outside of right field at Oracle Park. And, well, getting ready for hopefully a, a green and gold victory in game one of the uh, of the Bay Bridge series here on this Tuesday. But right now, everyone just kind of hanging out, having a good time, ready, ready for this uh, for the boat. To, I think everyone's boarding the boat around 5, 530, and we'll be making our way over towards you. And we'll check in again later. All right. Must the face. Must be nice. Yeah. Do you hear that? Drink tickets, beer in his hand, taco bar. I haven't. I haven't been offered a water yet. I. I. I, I don't have anything. I, beer. He's yeah. got a beer in his hand. We haven't experienced that at all since we've been doing this. Oh, that's. Uh, yeah. I will make sure though. I give a lot of credit to Alex Jensen and the marketing meeting on Monday. Ah, uh, yeah. Make sure you do. I mean, that's that's. I, I'm happy for him. I mean, that's a that's a. That sounds like a good. It uh, sounds like a good time. You know, I've worked every day since the All Star break, and they're all drinking and hanging out, right? I mean. It's good. They need. It's a good. It, that's. It's for a good time, and I'm sure they'll have a great time out in the cove later. Are they offering to come pick us up at the uh, at the? Because there, there's, there's. Is this a yacht club out here? Uh, Michael Bear, do you know if this is a yacht? It is a yacht club. Are they gonna come pick us up right here at uh, McCovey Cove and bring us out? I doubt it. I don't think we're dressed for yacht attire, for can, can a yacht affair. So can we, can we swim out? Uh, I, I believe you sent me the article. There are sharks in the cove, so I think we <laughs> might not want to do that. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they come all the way down here. Uh, that is one of the scariest. So if you didn't see it, I can't remember. It's one of the local stations put the video out. So when you're going on those big boats to Alcatraz, they have the cameras. I didn't know they had cameras, but they have cameras. So. As the boat's pulling up, and this is on the other side of Alcatraz where you, where you get on if you've never been. You don't get on the side that's uh, looking out at the Golden Gate Bridge and where the uh, going out into the ocean. It's on the other side, right? So the boat comes pulling up, and the camera picks up this great white shark, breaches out of the water with a, and has the seal in its mouth. And since we are big fans of Shark Week, it was believed at that point that the only time great white sharks would breach out of the water was in South Africa. Had never seen that anywhere else. I think something we need to do coming up is when the sharks, the great whites migrate to the Farallon Islands, I think we need to do a show from a boat out going out there. I know it's 27 miles off the coast of San I would Francisco. totally do it. I think we should do a show from out there. I would totally there. do it. Uh, Joey, I know you're listening. Get the logistics and let's and get this set up. He's not listening. He's drinking too. Um, and the, and the thing is, like, all the people on Alcatraz, they all start getting their phones out, and, you, and, and just, just a pool of blood and the great white. I mean, it was literally right next to Alcatraz. And, like, three weeks later, they did the Alcatraz swim. I'm like, there, there are big, hungry sharks inside San Francisco Bay. Now, I got a question Have for fun you. on that kayak when the home run ball comes over. I got a question. This is a baseball question now. Now, we know Jeff Samarja pitched for both teams, and he's nicknamed the Shark. We saw the shark today. Yeah, we did. Talking Fr to, talking fr to, friend of the program. Talking to another friend of the program, Eno Saris. Is it okay to wear the split cap? The A's? Giant split cap? I saw someone had the shirt on that says 1989. It's no, no. 19 no, is in green. No. Pick a side. you got to pick one or the other. And I, you can't be both. And now, if you 
I have no problem if you're the casual baseball. You say I'm a baseball fan, but if you're a diehard A, you're a diehard Giant. No, you can't. I can't be friends with someone who wears that hat. I would, I would, I would denounce my friendship to you if I saw you with that hat on. I have friends who always go, you know, I'm just a baseball fan, but you're always wearing Giants caps. How are you a baseball fan? Like yeah. they're like, yeah, we're coming no. to an A's you, game. You're either an A's fan or you're not. You, you're you're either on this boat, you're either on this booze cruise or you're not. Yeah, I'm not. You can't can't be both. I I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not down. By the way, we do have a good pitching matchup tonight. Madison Bumgarner up against Brett Anderson, and this is going to be a lot of fun because both these teams right now are vying for a position for a wild card. And what is it? Only seven times have they been in the playoffs since since the A's moved here in 1968. The Giants got here in 1958. Only seven times have both teams made the playoffs, and I can tell you. One year, I can't remember which year it was, if it was 01 or 02, I have to look this up. I actually did. It was Giants-Mets here, and then we went over and did A's-Yankees over at the Coliseum. So we did two playoff games in one day. Because I remember going, you know, there's not going to be too many times in your life that you're going to be able to go to two playoff baseball games at the same time. It was really, really cool. You said Giants and who? It was Giants and Mets. I... Oh, there you go. Big series tonight. They start against the Braves. Oh, that is a big series. That is a really big series. Ronald Acuna going for 40-40 this year. Yeah, when when I get back, so I'll be out of here tomorrow. I'll be gone on Wednesday and Thursday. I'll be with the Raiders down in Arizona, which how about that? You play a game on Saturday, and you're playing now another preseason game on Thursday on a short week? Like, are you kidding me? But when I we get back on Friday, there are some because we're focusing everything's on giant on A's Giants. But on Friday we're going to go over some feats that some of the young players. It is crazy how many twenty five and younger, and take it even further, how many twenty two and under players they are, and they're doing big things. They're just not guys getting their feet wet. They're coming up and competing. This game is getting so young and so athletic. It is phenomenal. It is great as a baseball fan to know that baseball, and I think it's really going to translate with people over the next few years when you start looking at, like, this guy's 21 or this guy's 23, this guy's just 25. Trout's, look at, Trout's a historic player. He just turned 28. He just turned 28. That is big league. So Bob Melvin's coming up here in just a little bit. Want to go over uh, so the best players to play for both Bay Area teams. Now I I see is this your ranking, Cody, or is this Ben Ross's rankings? Ben Ross, okay, a friend of the program who we recently just had on from NBC Sports California. So he has the ten best players to play for both Bay Area teams. Number ten, King Kong, Dave Kingman. That's really good. Here's one, Dusty Baker. You don't really think of Dusty Baker as a giant player or an A's player. You think of Dusty as a Dodger. If not a Dodger, you think of him as a Brave playing with Henry Aaron. But Dusty Baker, number nine. Number eight, the man we had on yesterday, friend of the program, 2002 Cy Young Award winner, Barry Zito. Number seven, a guy that we also had on the program yesterday. 1989 MVP, Kevin Mitchell. 
Number six, this is a very good one because he's actually one guy that really, even even though Zito resurrected it in 2012, for the most part, I think you would say that he was disappointing with the Giants. You know, Kevin Mitchell, really, with the A's. But Tim Hudson had some good games. I mean, not only was he a stud for the A's, an all-star, but he also was pretty good for the Giants. Here's number five, Miguel Tejada. Number four, this name will go to this. This guy is beloved by both franchises. Number four, the great Vita Blue, who we've had on the program recently. Number three, the Hall of Famer, Joe Morgan. Number two, the Hall of Famer, Orlando Cepeda. And number one, he's one of the greatest first basemen of all time. Really didn't have much in the tank when he was with the Athletics, but he had over 500 home runs with the San Francisco Giants. That would be Willie McCovey. So G- Giles is reaching out to us now, Chris Giles, COO of the Athletics from the Cruise. I, I was told that uh, Giles has sent something over, um, and uh, I haven't heard it. So this will be this will be, we'll be airing it live. Well, it's fine now because they've just started. It's where where we could be in trouble is when they've been on the boat for about a, an hour or so. That's when we have to really pay attention. Yeah, if they're leaving at five or five thirty, we're we're gonna be off the air, so we won't get any of that. So the I can have it for pregame. There you go. Uh, by the way, do you have the thing from uh, Major League? I do. Okay, so earlier today, so we've been here for a while. And before we get to Bob Melvin, earlier today I'm filling out my scorebook. And I'm looking at the Giants lineup. And some of the players in the Giants lineup made me think of this legendary scene in Major League. Ricky Vaughn, Willie Hayes. I never heard of most of them. Mitchell Friedman. Who are these guys? <laughs> Who are these guys? I mean, some of these guys. I'm looking at the roster. Who are these guys? Farhan, how's Farhan? How's he making this happen? I mean, you look at this. You look at this Giants team, and you're like, my God, these guys are. I really like guys like that. They got guys. a little hair on their ass. <laughs> I mean, Solano, their leadoff hitter, has four bombs. I mean, it's like four, three. Buster Posey has six home runs. He hasn't had a home run here yet this year, right? No, he hasn't. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Austin Slater has three home runs. Garcia, they're, the guy they're starting at first base tonight, has two home runs. We're in the juice ball era. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six. They've got six guys, and I'm not counting Bumgarner. They've got six out of their eight guys do not have that they're starting today do not have double-digit home runs. In the era of the juice ball. Here's their offensive ranks at home. Runs, 205, last in the NL. Home runs, 47, last in the NL. Their batting average, 229, last in the NL. Their on-base percentage, 293, last in the NL. Slugging percentage, 366, last in the National League. Yeah, and this and, 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 and I was the guy who was saying, you got to break this up. And, and obviously what happened with Farhan is they got hot. Management, I guarantee you, said you can't break it up. We get, you got to roll with this because the Giants are very money conscious and they know that when they're winning, and th- this place is like an ATM. But in the end, look what we're saying. You, you, you tried to you're rolling with a team that's last in everything offensively. You know, I mean, it's like they, now they are one of the better bullpens in the league. But I mean, seriously, I'm filling out my lineup card on like four home runs, three home runs, six home runs, three home runs, two home runs, nine home runs. Brandon Crawford has not. What the hell happened to Brandon Crawford? Brandon Crawford's hitting 224 and has nine home runs. 
This guy was one of the best. I mean, he was one of those guys that you said, if you could take one of the Giants and bring him over to Oakland, he was definitely one of the guys. I mean, he was a premier shortstop in this league. He's hitting 224. Oh, my God. Who are these guys? All right, time to get serious. It's the Bob Melvin Show. Where do you get the Bob Melvin Show? There's only one place. That's A's Cast. And essentially, A's Cast Live is an extension of A's Cast. So the only place that you're going to get the manager every week and the only place you're going to get the GM every week, that's going to be A's Cast Live and A's Cast. Bob Melvin, the Bob Melvin Show next right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. We're going to throw it back out to the McCovey Cove takeover. The face of A's all night, Alex Jensen, has caught up with the COO of your Oakland Athletics, Chris Giles. All right, Alex Jensen here. We found uh, A's COO, Chris Giles, at Ensenal Yacht Club. Chris, getting ready to head out for this McCovey Cove takeover. What do you like about this event? With plenty of green and gold, it should be a lot of fun. And this is one of our favorite days of the year. It's an opportunity. Our entire staff gets on a boat, heads over to McCovey Cove. We're going to have a lot of fun with the Ace fans over there, maybe have some fun with the Giants fans as well. <laughs> third, third year of it. What's your favorite part of this whole thing? It's just a really cool opportunity to bring the fan base together and also to bring our front office together. Uh, it's a date that everyone looks forward to. Uh, we talk about it in interviews and people come that this is really a special day for our organization. Uh, uh, really enjoy this rivalry as well. Couldn't be a more perfect day, too. I mean, the weather is is pristine. Yeah, I mean, God has aligned it for us perfectly. Yeah. You know, the stars have aligned. Hopefully, uh, we get the outcome we want on the field tonight as well. Chris, thanks for your time, man. Have some fun. Thank you very much. All right, Townie. It's a McCovey Cove takeover. I like it. Are they going to come pick us up? That's what I want to know. Are they going to come pick us up? Uh, I'm efforting an answer. Okay. All right. Here is, we caught up with the skipper earlier today, this week's edition of the Bob Melvin Show, brought to you by nestbedding.com. It is now time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. And right now, if you go to nestbedding, you get 10% off your entire order when you use the code word Oakland. That's 10% off your entire order when you use the code word Oakland when you go to nestbedding.com. Bob, how are we doing this week? Doing all right. Got uh, a little off day yesterday, and now we got the Giants for a couple games. So that's, that's always exciting. Yeah, it is always exciting. And as someone that's been around this rivalry for a long, long time and growing up in the Bay Area and you grew up an A's fan, you played for the Giants, you know all about the rivalry. And then this, this is these four games that we're going to have against the Giants, you understand these games mean a lot to our fan base. Yeah, they do. And, and they're a little nerve-wracking. So, I mean, there are certain games during the year that are – you know, you, you're going through the season, you got your routine and so forth, and then there's a few games that are a little little off kilter as far as that goes, and it's it's always that way against the Giants. It's a lot of fun. You get both fan bases in the stands. It, it tends to be pretty festive, so uh, looking forward to it. I don't know if you're pay paying attention to this, but, you know, when you start looking at schedules with, with the teams that you're, you're you're trying to chase down for the wild card right now, it, it, it really is unsettling on how bad the schedules are for Tampa Bay. They're in a minute, they're in a stretch where they're playing 21 straight games. 
against teams that are under 500. And then, of course, you got the Orioles and the Tigers that are so bad. And that's, the you know, the Twins and the Indians are going to be playing Detroit uh, qu- quite a few times to where you, you, ha- you have no breaks as a ball club. Have you guys noticed that and talked about that? I've heard it. I, I try not to focus on that at all because the only game that really matters is today's game. So if you look too far into that and you can get distracted, you can get, you know, it's, it's, it's just not, not a prudent thing to do for me. Um, I, I have heard it and I'm, you know, a little bit aware of it, but again, we just need to take care of today's game. And if we focus on today's game, then, then those, those kind of distractions really don't, don't settle in too hard. You know, I've been talking about your guy, Mike Fires and how good he has been. And he really has been the best pitcher in the American League for quite some time now. And when you bring that up to people, it kind of shocks them. But when you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Mike Fires has been incredible for you over his last 17 starts. Talk about what this right-hander has meant to you. Yeah, like you said, I mean, arguably the best pitcher in the American League through this stretch. And you know, for a team like us that, that typically doesn't like their starters to go far more than six innings, uh, this is a guy that, that you need to let him go as long as he, he feels good and he's performing because the numbers would show uh, you want him on the mound, you want him pitching deep in games, and that's exactly what he's done for us. He's one of those guys now where he takes the mound, and, and we feel just absolutely great about the potential for us winning that particular game. And that's what you want from a starting pitcher. And the other teams notice it, too. They know how he's pitching, and they know how well he's performing. And, you know, when you go into a three-game series, typically that's the one guy you want to miss if you're on the other side. Yeah, because, you know, in his last 17, in his last 17 games, he's 9-0 and with a 2.12 ERA. 19 consecutive starts where he's given up three or fewer and talk about how he does it because this is not 97 98 he can live anywhere between 89 and 91 but talk about how he gets it done with the way he 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 does it yeah it's a four pitch mix and and you know this year probably better than he's ever been in his career with that you know throwing the little cut slider now that goes side to side he throws a little sinker now uh, he throws a change up now and throws it quite a bit um, and, and then that, then you go with his high fastball, even though it's 89-92, you know, he's got some pretty good spin on it. He throws it just above the hands and just above kind of the hitting zone, and then a curveball that comes out of that spot. So he's got four weapons for you. He uses any of them on any particular time, and he has confidence in all of them. You know, you look at the way you guys have played against the American League Central lately. You're now 16-0-2 in your last 18 series against the Central. Why do you think you've had such great success against the American League uh, Central Division? You know what? I really don't know because Cleveland's always really tough, and and obviously Minnesota's a powerhouse this year. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to to win some games against maybe the White Sox and Tigers and some of the teams that maybe not are performing that well. But you know, it's a major league team every day, so you don't see that very often. Uh, maybe we just catch them at the right time when we're playing well. But uh, it's a pretty good record. Uh, we'll take it. Um, but I, I really can't explain it to you um, because they do have some some good teams in that division that, you know, we had some battles against. Yeah, and Cleveland actually is one of the hottest teams in baseball since the last time you saw them when you swept them in Cleveland. They have been red hot. And one guy that's been very good against the Central and, and uh, pitching against his old team was Chris Bassett and Chris Bassett, what he has done for this ball club and throwing seven shutout 
uh, innings, and he said it wasn't even the best stuff they had. His best fastball that he had, but it wasn't his best stuff. Talk about what a weapon Chris Bassett has been for you out of kind of nowhere. Yeah, he's come into his own. You know, he's had the injuries. He's had command issues throughout his career. Uh, he's had trouble staying out there for long periods of time because of some of the command issues. And, you know, now it's all come together for him, and he's pitching with a lot of confidence. You know, like you said the other day, he had his best fastball of the year. He's throwing upwards of 96 at times, throwing it up in the zone and getting strikeouts and really kind of dominating with it. So, you know, he has the cutter, the really slow curveball too, and, and the changeup he mixes in there. But uh, I think he's finding a way to figure out what's working for him on a particular day, and the other day it was definitely his fastball. Yeah, and it's so funny to watch him pitch to where he'll go from the windup and nobody on. He'll go from the stretch. I mean, that's something that you never see. And I, I call him the Prey Manus because he's all arms and legs and he's tough to see. But have you ever seen a pitcher do what he does where all of a sudden you're like, why is he going from the stretch? There's nobody on. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's you know, he figures out where, you know, sometimes you need to be a little bit tighter in your delivery, and that's when he goes from the stretch. Other times he feels good out of the windup, and you get maybe a little bit extra velocity with that. So, um, you know, he's, he's finding out what works for him, just like I said, with his pitch complement too. So, you know, sometimes that'll mess with the hitter a little bit and the fact that, you know, he's a little bit quicker and then he's a little bit slower and can lull you to sleep and, you know, he's just found a way to use that part of his arsenal, and it's worked pretty well for him. How do you plan to use Chris Davis in the series, in this National League series against the San Francisco Giants? We'll use him off the bench. Uh, you know, we feel if, if we really needed to put him in the outfield, we could, but we're, we're pretty happy with Canna, uh, Pinder, and uh, Piscotti in the outfield now that we got Steven back, and it allows us to use Chris in a leverage situation, you know, like we did in St. Louis. So, you know, he got injured playing the outfield in Pittsburgh and has really kind of been struggling a little bit with injuries and timing and so forth since. Just doesn't make some sense to put him out there when we can use him off the bench in a big situation. And, and like I said, we have some guys out there, including Robbie Grossman, who switch hits, that we feel pretty good about. Yeah, what a godsend it's been for you this year to have Canna and Pender and the way they have both played and their versatility truly helps you when it comes for from a roster standpoint and defensively is we never knew these guys would be this good defensively in the outfield but they are just fantastic out there just talk about how this has just been so big for you as a manager to have two guys like this yeah it's just i mean what mark can has done here recently with you know piscotti out and then chris davis hurt for a while and now ramon Laureano out you know even bolson was out i mean he's just he's filled every hole that we've had and and Chad Pinner's been doing that for a while, too, whether it's second base, whether the outfield. And in Chad's case, the guy that's played infield basically his whole career to go out there and be as good defensively in the outfield uh, is due to a lot of hard work and a lot of confidence what he's doing. So these two two guys, even though, uh, you know, sometimes depending on where uh, health-wise where we are and aren't in the lineup all the time, uh, we, we wouldn't be where we were without these guys. You know, and, I, and we, we've talked a lot about Profar and his throwing. And I, I, I always say I, I, I'm not picking on the kid. You know, you want him to be successful. It, you know, last game he threw the ball into the dugout in a double play. And it's just things really haven't changed that much. What, what is going on with, with his throwing? And, and, and how, do you, how do you fix it? How do, how do you get him to back to where he needs to be? <laughs> well, that. 
That's a tough question. Um, you know, sometimes when, when you have the throwing issues, it's more in your head than a physical thing. And it seems like, you know, some of the plays that he has to do instinctively and doesn't have any time, he does a little bit better on than some of the balls that he has a little bit more time to think about. So uh, it's a difficult proposition to tell you how you fix something like that. It, it's not an easy fix, but he's, he's been able to manage it. Um, you know, the, the ground balls, he's been able to, the, the routine ones flip over there and been pretty consistent with that. And like I said, some of the double play turns, when he did instinctively doing it, been fine. It's just kind of one of those that go up the middle a little bit when he has time to think about it, that, that he's been a little bit errant. But he's gotten better with it. We haven't seen as many of those balls thrown away, and, you know, he's managing it the best he can. Well, and the one guy that helps you in this proposition more than anybody else is Matt Olson. And I think about what he does defensively. We know... He can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He leads all American League first baseman in home runs, which is hard to believe because he, he broke the hand with the hammate bone. But we know he can hit the ball out of the ballpark and hit the big home run at the end of that series. But just talk about what Matt Olson does for you defensively. We know he's a gold glove winner, but he's very special in what he's able to do over there at first base. Yeah, he's the best I've ever had, and I've had some pretty good ones. Um, and and he, he just gives you know, the infielder's confidence is you get over that direction and, and he'll get it. You know, whether it's balls in the dirt and he has a large wingspan, he's a tall guy, uh, it's tough to throw it over his head. Uh, he, he, he understands, you know, to read the ball and come off the bag to, to where the ball's coming from. And, and he's just a great resource to have over there and lost all these guys and, and he just makes everybody better. So, you know, the gold glove speaks for itself. Obviously the offense speaks for itself, but, uh, he, he's a nice resource to have for some guys over there in the infield just to get it over in that direction. Let's end on this. This is a, a really big uh, key stretch for your team. When you're talking about you're playing against the San Francisco Giants, you got four games, and you got the Astros, you got the Yankees. Talk about how this stretch is very important for your playoff run. It is, but, I mean, if you look all the way down, too, in theory, it softens up a little bit towards the end. Now, like I said, every every big league team has the ability to beat you, so I, I try not to get too wrapped up to it. You know, we know we got the Giants now. We know Houston's coming in after that, and then, then we deal with whoever comes in after that, and um, that's just kind of how the way we look at things. So, um, you know, you can look all the way to the end of the season and break down the schedule and say, you know, this is the tough part, this is the easy part. You know, we're just in a part where we have to focus on today's game. Great stuff, Bob. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Appreciate it. The Bob Melvin Show is brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. If you're looking for a mattress, this is the place to go. And right now, if you use the coupon code ATHLETICS, that's the coupon code ATHLETICS, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Check them out at nestbedding.com. All right, I don't want to confuse you. We've changed the code word, but if you use athletics, it'll still work. But also, we want you to start using the code word Oakland. So, nestbedding.com, sponsor of the Bob Melvin Show. If you go there right now and and you purchase whatever you purchase, mattress, you, know, you do sheets, you do pillows, the whole thing will be 10% off. Nestbedding.com, code word Oakland. How are you, Glenn Kuyper? Good, Tony. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. How was your trip to Chicago? It was great. I missed you in Chicago. We would have had fun. We would have had a steak one night. We would have had deep dish the next night uh, and then a steak the next night. Uh, 
Mm, it was great. Awesome. That is something that it would be fun to do every year, be able to stay in Chicago for a week. Yeah. Wrigley's great. Probably the best scene in baseball, I think. Wrigleyville's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So it was, it was fun. I wish you could have gone. You would have had a lot of fun. Yeah, I wish. I would. That would have been great. I was actually talking about you the other day. We were talking about Cleveland. Yeah. I was like, there's two guys that love to go to Cleveland. It's Ray Fossey and Glenn <laughs> Kuyper. And I said, Kuype has this bar. It's like the coolest little bar. Yeah. There's Johnny's the restaurant. And then right right around it is Johnny's the, Little Bar. Little, yeah. Yeah, Little Johnny's. Yeah, it's a good dive bar. And uh, Cleveland's great. It's come a long way. But uh, – Certainly, it's a little different for for us <laughs> and Ray and I. Yeah, we like our Cleveland, but so everything's good. Everything is good, and uh, I know you've talked about this, and, and we broke it down yesterday on the show. That if you look at the teams that are really left, I mean, it, it's basically someone's going to win the Central, right? It's yeah. either going to be Minnesota or Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland's hot right now, but one of them will win it. So really, that means it's a three-horse race for two spots, and no question. If you take either Cleveland or Minnesota and then you throw in Tampa, they they all have way easier schedules. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I looked the other day, too. It's just Tampa specifically, and their next two weeks is is uh, it's it's not a tough schedule. No. And the A's have a very tough schedule. So I think uh, you know, two weeks from now, the A's need to just kind of hold their own here and stay close. Um, and I think they will, but – you know, sometimes the schedule does come into play. Not always, but in this case, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, you got you, know? you, you got two of the big boys coming to town in the Astros and the Yankees. Yeah, and, and I don't know exactly the race schedule, but I know they got the Orioles, I believe, a couple times in the next week. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. But I think for the A's, they need to be playing good baseball in the next two weeks. I don't know if there's any question about it. I mean, Giants are grinding along, but but when you get to the the Astros and the Yankees, they're not going to let you make any mistakes, and that's just kind of the reality of what the A's are up against. Yeah, it's really looking. You know, filling out my scorecard today, it was pretty uh, it was pretty odd looking at the Giants' numbers and their lack of home runs in an era right now of the juice baseball. There's six out of the eight position players they're putting out there today don't even have double digit home runs. No, nope, no, nope, they don't, and and they haven't hit home runs in a while. Um, they kind of grind on you a little bit. I think there's you know, they they have some veteran guys that that still can play a little bit, but it's it's an offensively challenged team. Um, and after Bumgarner and Samarja, you know they got some young arms that they like, but but maybe not quite ready yet. But they're hanging around. You know yeah. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna get in, but but I, I think to their credit they've made the season somewhat interesting and and they've become. Uh, a, a decent team, and I think that will help them moving forward into the future. You don't want to be, you don't want to be terrible. You know what I mean? Now, now maybe they're thinking, well, we can maybe we can build on this a little bit next year. Continue to maybe get a little bit younger, but um, you know, it's always fun when these two guys get together. It's 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 a fun games. You know, oh, no means doubt. means something to a lot of people, and I think that's important. And the players feel it. That's I think what we, they do. Yep. You know, you know, players are always like, oh, this is just another series. They understand yeah. this just is another series. And I think for you, I mean, it's really cool. Your brother is the voice of the Giants. Mm -hmm. You're the face of the A's on television. I, I got to think for you, it's special to come over to see your brother. It is. It is. I, I mean, it's it's it's. Listen, I, it's fun coming to this ballpark. It's a beautiful ballpark. It's a nice place to to announce a game from. Um, but it, yeah, it, it gives me a chance to spend 
some time with both my brothers and a lot of people around here that I know. Um, but it also, there is, there's a little extra vibe in the air. And I think even more so when the games are played at the Coliseum, then I think that that excitement vibe is even higher, I think, at, at the Coliseum. And so we're looking forward to that next weekend, too. Oh, yeah. That's, and, and just you think you go Giants, you go Astros, you go Yankees, then you go Giants. I mean, this stretch it's is going to be a lot of fun. It's great. This are is you, what it's all about. Hey, are you doing A's cast from Mount Davis next Saturday? I don't know. Because they're opening up Mount Davis next Saturday. That's really high up there. Well, I just, I mean, I, I want you guys to spread your wings, no pun intended, maybe. I went up there one Come time on, at a Raider game just to see what it was like, and I was like, <laughs> I can't believe how high this is. I know. I've been it's up scary. there, too. I've been up there, too. But, but anyway, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm looking. This is as good of a homestand coming up as we've probably had in, in a couple years. When you say Astros 4, Yankees 3, Giants 2, that's about as good as it's going to get for A's fans. So I hope they come out, and I hope they have a ball, and I hope they're crazy and loud, and, and uh, players notice that. Chad Pender at second base today, and I'm very, I'm very happy about that because, I, you know, the deal with Profar, you're a former infielder, the deal with Profar, when he threw that ball into the dugout, it's like you just, when the ball's hit to him, you just don't know what's going to happen. No, I know, I know, and it's, it, 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 it is an issue. I mean, I think you can try to look it off, but it's an issue. And what you, what you worry about, Townie, is, is it's now August. This is the pennant race. You cannot give a game away, and you just hope a bad throw doesn't give a game away. And that's what I'm worried about. So I would like to see Chad Pinder get a little – more of an opportunity at second base. Let him play a little bit, and I think he would relax a little bit over there. And it's it, not an easy position to play. He, he hasn't played it a lot this year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But I do I do worry about, you know, the Profar thing. You know, eighth inning, ninth inning, tight game, pennant race. So, yeah. And it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's getting better. That's kind of a concern for me, too. He's still making kind of the crazy throw every once in a while. So, And it hasn't burned him, but. Not yet. Not yet. But uh, I just, I worry that, that it could. And, you know, and then you're going to feel bad. You feel bad for the kid. But, you know, we'll see. 40 games left or give or take. And everyone, yeah, man. Everyone is a must win. Especially if you're chasing. Yeah. You know, and listen, the A's are, are two back now in this wild card thing. So, yeah, I'm okay with Pinder getting an opportunity. How about Brett Anderson's season? Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, he's 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 come out of three games, but he's never gone on the IL. He's ten and seven. If he wins today, that matches a career high. I mean, this is far more than I think anybody thought they'd get out oh, of Brett. Oh gosh, Anderson. yeah. I think if 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 we all would have said, hey, he's going to make twenty starts, we may have taken that. And now, you know, he's going to make thirty, hopefully, and. He's got a chance to win 13, 14 games, maybe more. And he really has pitched well. Um, and you think about he and Fires. I mean, they've both been terrific, and they haven't missed a start. Um, and all that concern about the rotation and some of the question marks, now as the season has gone on, there really hasn't been that many rotation question marks, right? Bassett hasn't missed a start. Of course, the Montas thing, that, that is what it is. But all in all, this group has probably pitched significantly better than maybe we all thought. 
Oh, remember in spring right. training? Well, there was yeah. Oh boy, who's going to be the starters? That's right. That's right. And and so that's that that's that's a that's a good thing. That's a good thing that they've a couple of veteran guys have really stood out and become leaders, Fires and Anderson, and I think this group needed that. Yeah, you can. I mean, he's he's nine and zero in his last seventeen starts, nineteen consecutive starts, three runs or less. You can say he's been the best pitcher in baseball. Well, he's been one of the best, no question. So it 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 was needed, and and I think it's it's probably been a, a one of the best stories about the A's is that rotation, which at the beginning of the year looked a little hodgepodge, right? A little bit all over the place. Hey, we're waiting for the young guys, right? Yeah. Well, well, we don't need the young guys now because this group. Has been pretty darn good. So it's 4.56. When do you have to go get pretty and get everything ready for television? <laughs> when, you you when, got when, really, when's really, your, when's the, your time? Gee whiz. Pretty soon I got to eat, though. <laughs> <laughs> got to fill up the boiler and then. Yeah. All right, Tony. You're the best. Good seeing you, buddy. And we'll, we'll get your, well, uh, later on we'll get your 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 great story from spring yeah, training. Yeah, you love that. That's the best you story. All right, let's get a W tonight, all right? Have some brisket. All right, see you, buddy. All right, buddy. The great Glenn Kuyper, the face of A's television right here on A's Cast Live. Yeah, Marty Lurie just walked in. You want to just do him now? Huh? Oh, we got to do vote, voter? Okay. Uh, before we do that, we have Dave Cavill on the boat, I, I hear, with Alex Jensen, the face of A's all night. It's a speech. Oh, it's a speech. It's a Dave Cavill speech. The president of your Oakland Athletics right here on A's Cast Live. Annual McCovey Cove takeover. I think we have our largest flotilla ever going into the McCovey Cove. I think we're hoping to have 15, maybe even 20 vessels in the cove dominating the giants on the water. And I think this is a really exciting tradition that we're building because we're going to have our new waterfront stadium in just a couple years. And so it can really be a nice back and forth that we can have with the giants on the waterfront, a really unique aspect to the bay. And so I'm really happy that everyone's here. I'm happy that Incidental Yacht Club has been really amazing host. And Mark, and your leadership in making this happen, big shout out to both of them. And also to uh, Liv Kai. If you guys haven't yeah. seen Liv Kai over there, that's kind of the partner here. If you haven't had a taste of the, the probiotic chocolate, there's other variants of the chocolate. Go visit him. There's Jeff right there from Liv Kai. Make sure because they're supporting me. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, so, uh, so is everybody ready? to put their game face on. Yeah. So now we need to get, we need to get a little riled up. We need to start a little, let's go Oakland chant. Are we ready for that? All right, let's get it going. Let's go Oakland. Let's go Oakland. Let's go Oakland. Let's go Ah, Dave Cavill and the McCovey Cove takeover again. It is becoming a really cool tradition. We should do the show from the boat. Why can't we do the show from the boat? Or would that be too risky? Because we're here. Because we're here. Well, yeah, we got to be here. I mean, it's a big series. These are big games, man. I mean, it's the bottom line. Marty Lurie is going to join us in moments, but before we do that, earlier today I was able to catch up with an all-time fan favorite for your Oakland Athletics. He's such a good guy, and it was so nice for him because these these opening games, 
for catchers. They've got meetings. they got so many things they have to go over. So the fact that Stephen Vogt came out of the clubhouse to speak with us on the field today, pretty cool. Here is former athletic, I believe, in Stephen Vogt. Well, he's an all-time A's favorite. He was an all-star with the Oakland Athletics and now doing really well with the Giants. Stephen Boat with us once again. How have you been? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's good to see some familiar faces today, And uh, but life's good. Life's good. I uh, couldn't be happier. You know, when I think of some of the guys we've had on recently, you know, Josh Reddick, Gio Gonzalez, Sean Doolittle, you know, we always talk about the time that you had in Oakland and how special Oakland was to you, and it's really, you know, where you became the player, where you became a two-time All-Star. Yeah, I mean, Oakland will always be a special place for, for myself and for my family. You know, in our time in Oakland, got established at the big league level, went to the playoffs, met some friends for life, had our two boys while we were playing in Oakland. So we watched our family grow from three to five, and it'll always feel like home. And, and part of why we love being with the Giants now is that we live in the same place we lived with Oakland. Life's very similar, and uh, we, like I said, we just couldn't be happier. And we often speak of our time in Oakland, and, and it's always a positive thing. And I think about the relationship that certain players have with the fan base. It's different than most anywhere else you'll ever play. Talk about that relationship you had with the fans and the chant, I believe in Stephen Vogt. It was really cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is a special place. The fans in Oakland are, are just unbelievable. You know, I always used to say, and I still say it, whether there's 10,000 or 30,000 there, they're loud and they're faithful. And you know, I still speak with some fans personally. You know, there's two or three fans that I still keep in contact with. They're always giving our family well wishes. And uh, it, it's just, it's neat to have that kind of support from people that come to watch you play. And they love their team and they love the players and, and they just continue to do that. So it really is a special place. We miss it a lot. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be fun playing them these next couple of days and getting those memories back. As a catcher, I know you had a special bond with Bob Melvin, who was also a catcher. And Bob talks so fondly of you and the relationship that you two had. What was it like playing under Bob Melvin? It was unbelievable. Bob is uh, somebody I look up to probably the most in this game. Uh, I learned the most from him. Uh, our relationship was very good. We, we were very open about things. And um, I just learned a lot from watching him manage, but also just the conversations we'd have of pitch calling and game planning how to get pitchers motivated, just different things that we spoke about one-on-one -on -one behind closed doors. And uh, he's always he's somebody that's always going to be very special to me. And uh, like I said, one of my biggest mentors and someone I look up to most in this game. And how great has it been for you to really come back? You got your game back. Yeah, I feel great. You know, obviously last year missing the whole year with a shoulder injury and not really knowing what, what I was going to get. But um, coming back and getting my first 100, 150 at-bats under my belt and really kind of these – this last month just kind of felt like I back to me. You know, it kind of took a while to get that feeling back after missing a year and a half. But um, I feel great. My body feels great. My shoulder feels good. And uh, the swing's been feeling pretty pretty good, too. So it feels great to just be back playing. And um, I'm just so happy and grateful for every day I get to come out here. You know, for all the A's that leave us, you know, we always root for you. It's just tough that you've come over here. <laughs> so it's tough to root for you. But, you know, watch and tell us what it's been like as the Giants were dead in the water and all of a sudden hit that hot streak. Now you've hit a little bump in the road again, but you still have a shot at this thing getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from spring training, there were people just saying that we weren't going to have a good year. You know, and I think that didn't sit well with any of us at spring and then you know we got hot in July and, and been playing really good ball really the last three months we've been playing pretty good baseball so uh, you know little little tough start to this homestand and coming out of the, the trade deadline we had some moves that were made and I think it takes guys a little bit of time for, to get acclimated and for us to kind of figure into our new roles maybe but um, 
you know, we're, we, we just took three or four from a really good Phillies team. We feel good about the way we're playing. We've got some really good young arms, and, uh, you know, when they put it together, it's going to be pretty special. So we like where we're at. You know, obviously we wish we were a few games, you know, closer to that wild card, but we're still in it. There's, just, there's a lot of teams in baseball that can't say they're in it anymore, and we're one of them, and that's all we need. We just need our foot in the door. We're going to play hard, and we're going to play to play to get to the playoffs and win because that's, uh, that's what we want to do, and that's what this team and this franchise knows is winning, and uh, I think you can't discount that. Another former A that's going to join us is the president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, is going to join us as we start the show, A's Cast Live, and what did it mean to you guys that he didn't really make any major moves like Madison Bumgarner? What did that do for the clubhouse? I think it showed that, you know, we all knew he had a job to do, and he, I, you know, I think um, the moves he made, they hurt. You know, you, whenever, whenever you take bullpen pieces away, it, it hurts your team, but we've got some guys that have filled in greatly. Uh, Sam Coonrod's done a great job filling in, but um, you know, I think the fact that he, he we kept Bum and, and Will Smith around, I think it showed, hey, we're we're still trying to win. We're, you know, we we might have to make some moves to, to get some players in here for the farm system and understand that the uh, the organizational depth is an important piece too. But um, he didn't show us that he's pulling the plug. So I think, uh, you know, Farhan's done a great job this year of just mixing and matching and trying to find ways to get guys in here that are going to help us win. And, uh, you know, it's it's been an up-and-down year. But right now we feel good about our team. We feel good about the fact that we're six weeks to go and we're only a couple games back and we've got a real chance to get into this thing. And I think about you. You mentioned the young pitching. For a veteran catcher, you're so key for getting these guys through their outings and their appearances. What's that like for you working with all these young arms? It's been fun. You know, obviously – getting uh getting to work alongside with buster posey a hall of fame catcher that you know we, we i've learned a lot from him and i think we put our heads together pretty well on how to help these young guys along and um and they get a chance to watch madison bumgarner pitch every five days you know you can't discount that as well to watch the competitor that he is the way that he prepares and uh these guys are really good they're really good and talented and they all work hard so it's been fun and it's it's fun to watch the young guys learning on the fly it's really it's a uh, you know now that a had a lot of experience doing that with Oakland, uh, with a lot of the young pitchers we had coming up. And uh, so now to kind of be on the other side of it and, and helping these guys along has been a lot of fun for me. Well, I can tell you when we go back over to the Coliseum, you're going to get a really big uh, applause from the fans. And, and I know that's going to mean a lot to you. It'll mean the world. I, we, Like I said, we've loved our time in Oakland. We miss it. We miss the people. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the fans, security guards, uh, vendors, you know, I know my wife Alyssa is too. We're, we're really looking forward just to reconnecting with our family. You know, that's really what we feel like with Oakland is those people were our family, and uh, we, we can't wait to see them. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to go back to the Coliseum, but uh, hopefully we can take care, of the, take care of these two games against the A's and San Fran first. Well, I personally want to thank you because for all the time, uh, you know, whether it was the All-Star game, you'd come on our show. You've always been very good to our program, so I want to thank you for that, and uh, good luck in this series. I appreciate it very much. It's always good to, to reconnect with you guys. Stephen Vogt is good people. I mean, that's just a reality. And how many of these guys, how many of these guys leave the A's, but they know they're still part of the A's family? And this is a guy who's always going to be a part of the A's family, even though he now hosts the Giants pre- and post-game show on KMBR 680. It's the great Marty Lurie. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. Great to be here. Boy, I started, you know that, back in uh, 1996. The first show was in 98 called Right Off the Bat. And I did the A's pregame, pre-pregame, uh, till 2009, 2009 season. And then uh, 2010, I came over here. Yeah, so you, you've had just a, a great run. And not everybody can survive in our business for that long, but you've had one of the great runs. Well, it's been fun. Uh, I love baseball. I'm a New York kid, 
And uh, when I got involved with this thing after 25 years of practicing criminal trial defense, I was lucky uh, in the sense that Art Howe was there, Ken Maka was there. Uh, it was a time when uh, the A's were, were growing as an organization and the team all of a sudden was Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejada and Jermaine Dye and Billy Bean and the pitching staff. And I was just in the middle of all that. And how could you not do well with a 20-game winning streak? Oh, yeah, we just had Barry Zito on yesterday. Yeah, he's got a new book coming out in September. And when I think of your time here, I mean, look at the run that you've been able to be on here with these championships I mean, you've had some really good seasons. Well, it's good, and you know the business. Uh, you know, you, you just want to tell a good story, that baseball is a story every single day. You never know where it's going to go. It's a new book every year. It's the mosaic, like I like to say. And you just never know what the story's going to be. But people love the story of baseball. We can't wait for tonight's game. It's a great matchup with Brett Anderson and Madison Bumgarner. And tomorrow we got another game, a day game. And after that, Houston comes in for four with you guys. And you're in a real fight to, you know, get this wild card position or chase Houston a little bit. The Giants go to Arizona. It's just a good story. And when you can do it every day and follow the story, you're very lucky. So uh, I think you've done a great job. Tony, you know, you and Larry, of course, for years, uh, and I would be on your show with yeah. you guys when uh, when you were together. So uh, I think it's a familiar voice of baseball that we've become, and uh, and we're friends of, of the fans. And when they invite you in their home and they know it's going to be you and you're going to give them a great all day of baseball like you guys do now, it's very special, very special. Yeah, and, and, and the great thing about – me coming over here and working for the A's, for years I couldn't have you on my shows. And as you said, my old partner, Larry Kruger, we had you on for years. So it's great what we have now. We can have you back on because you've always been a good friend. And I think about what we have here, you know, where you got two teams in the same market. It's always exciting. As you said, you go back to New York where there were three teams. Look, this is where I grew up, you know, it was Willie, Mickey, and the Duke, and I'm a kid from Brooklyn. Wow. And I was at Ebbets Field, and I saw, you know, Willie Mays and the Giants come in and, you know, and the different teams. I was just a kid in those days, uh, but that's where, where I got my baseball roots uh, at Ebbets Field and seeing it. And when you lived in Brooklyn in those days, you know, you didn't, uh, you didn't travel. People say, well, did you ever go to the polo grounds? I said, absolutely not. Did you ever go to Yankee Stadium? Absolutely not. It would be like going to Minnesota or something like that. You stayed in Brooklyn. That's what you did in those days, and that, that's the golden age of baseball with Vince Scully and Mel Allen and Russ Hodges. And, look, your grandfather was part of it, Bob Elliott. Yeah. And I'm sure the fans know that. Your grandfather was MVP in the National League in 1947, a tremendous player in the PCL at the end of his career. So your family goes back, and, and those days of, of the after World War II baseball years – that's what cements the family, and that's the generation-to-generation generation of baseball. So I'm in Kansas City with the Raiders. <laughs> it's late December, and I've always been told you got to go to the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. And actually what's so cool is you walk up, the Jazz Museum is right <laughs> next to it, right? So for like $15, you can go to both. So I start out in the Negro League Museum, and I'm going through the timeline, and all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I'm listening to this voice going over the history <laughs> of the league, and I go, 
that's Marty Lurie. That's <laughs> great. And, and I'm looking around going, where is he? And I walk <laughs> into this room, they're showing. And then it's Vita Blue, a good yeah. friend of the program. We love Vita. What did that mean to you to be uh, able to narrate that and all the all the people that go through that museum and get to hear your voice? Unbelievable. One of the biggest honors in my life, honestly. Uh, the movie is a crime of the century, and it's a story of Lester Rodney. And Lester Rodney was a sports writer in the 30s, and he was really the first advocate for the integration of baseball. But what made his story interesting was that he was the sports editor of the Daily Worker, the communist paper. Because in the 30s, if you weren't thinking about all sorts of different things, you weren't thinking. The 30s were troubled. The Depression, Hitler, and World War II coming. It was a tough time. So the Daily Worker put out a sports section. Lester Rodney was a guy in New York. He loved baseball. And he'd read their sports section. He said, you know, it stinks. And they said, really? Why don't you become the sports editor? So Lester Rodney, out of the blue, became the sports editor of the Daily Worker. And he was the first advocate for the integration of baseball, other than the Negro League papers, the uh, Pittsburgh Curry, the Louisville, uh, Sam Lacey, and people like that. So uh, his, his story was forgotten. And it's been revived. Lester Rodney, uh, the Negro League Museum, has the story. It's called The Crime of the Century. And it's a story of Lester Rodney. So they asked me, me, to read his columns in the, in the documentary. So if it was like seven or eight paragraphs, I would be the voice of Lester Rodney. The biggest thrill I ever had in my life. I, I remember. I mean that. I remember texting you going, hey, I'm standing here <laughs> listening to you. It's amazing. And it's cool in the museum because I know I've told this story before, but in Jackie Robinson's very first at bat, he grounded out to my grandfather, 5-3. So my grandfather has that history with the museum. And just I really re I recommend it's so cheap. It's like $15. Do both because then you go into the jazz uh, museum and they've got all that wonderful stuff with, with, with the history of jazz. So I've never it's, been. Su it's such a treat. It's I mean, and I really the, the girl was like, well, you can it was like eight dollars to go to the Negro League Museum. She goes, you can for 15. I mean, for 15 dollars. Yes, I want to go into both. Well, I've never been. I know Bob Kendrick. He's been out here. Brian Murphy brought him out here. He did something with the Mill Valley Little League, you know, the president of the Negro League uh, Museum. But I've never been, and I absolutely want to go. And people text me and call me when they go there and hear my voice, along with Vita. Vita is the voice of Satchel Paige in the documentary. And it's won all sorts of awards. It's at Cooperstown and all that. So I appreciate it. I want to say this. I, I love A's fans. I want to tell you, there's nothing better than A's fans. And I've always said they're like the old candlestick fans. Uh, when I started in 96 and the show in 98 through 2009, Going through those years uh, at the Coliseum with, with the great pennant races and the, and the, the, the sadness of the, of the losses in the playoffs, but the fans were never, ever wavering, ever. And they know the game, and uh, it was so fortunate for me to learn this business. I didn't know anything. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> what did I know? I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. But the fans were so supportive. And Bill King was the biggest mentor that I could ever have because Bill loved the stuff I did. I'd go back and interview everybody. And, uh, of course, Ken Korak and Vinny uh, and Lon and people over the years. Uh, the A's people couldn't have been better to me ever. And I love the A's fans, and I watch the Coliseum today. And I see what's going on in another great pennant race, and it's, it's wonderful. The A's fans, and there's so many, and I, I always say about KMBR, how could you not cover them? Come on, you got to cover them. You've got, you know, 5 million people here in the East Bay. But for some reason, this rivalry is just the way it goes. 
You know, when I first got into the business working at KMBR, that wasn't the case. They they covered everybody, and now we've gotten into this Cold War. And I've actually said we had Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball <laughs> operations. I said, are we finally going to see a trade between you and Billy Bean? Why not? I think so. I think so. He's finally getting the team the way he sort of wants it, and that is he'll have 40 optionable players. And every day you got a guy coming, you got a guy going, and this is what he wants to do, versatility and all that. So he's made a season out of something that didn't look like it was going to be a season. And now even today he's got people on the taxi squad. He's got Aramis Garcia up here today uh, playing first base. Uh, Pablo may go on the DL. He's got a ton of bullpen guys going back and forth. So he's really done a good job, and it's all new. This is not the way Brian Sabian did it. This is all new stuff for us to learn how to operate in a season like that. Marty, you are the best, and uh, let's do this again over in Oakland. Absolutely, and I love having you on with me, and uh, you've been on with me before. Yeah, I've yeah. had you on with me before, and uh, it's good. And uh, I hope people understand your baseball history, your background, the family history. Anytime I go in those old sporting newses and I see Bob Elliott, and he was a big deal in San Diego. Yeah. Come on, it was a big deal in San, San Diego. Diego. Look Hall it up, fame. fans. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> Google it, and that's where you get your baseball chops. So I always appreciate being on with you. Great to have you. The great Marty Lurie, you hear him on KMBR 680. Is Vince Catronio still on the show with you? Uh, who? Who? Yeah. Okay. Who? <laughs> Vinny who? Come on. Talking baseball with Vinny. I loved it. The great Vince Catronio. Yeah, All right. It. Let's get to a little buying or selling here on A's Cast Live. Time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now awesome. with Chris Townsend. On A's Cast Live. How cool is that? The great Marty Lurie, who's been around the A's for a long time. What do you got, Cody? I was glad we were able to get him on, so uh, give me a second. I'm figuring this out. <laughs> You're a train wreck. It's okay. All right, now All we're right. good to go. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so with this being the Battle of the Bay, the Bay Bridge series. The A's have the Bay Bridge trophy. They've held it for over a year now. We saw oh, they forgot about that. We guy. saw Ben Ross's list of the best Oakland A's and or best players play for both teams. And it made me think of Dave Kingman. Dave King was drafted in the first round by the Giants in 1970. He had 77 home runs and drove in 217 runs while hitting 224 with the Giants. He spent the first four years, four years of his career here in San Francisco. Kingman joined the A's in 1984. He had 100 home runs, drove in 303 runs, and hit 239 in his three years in Oakland. Buying or selling, Dave Kingman should be remembered as an A, not a Giant. Oh, of course. I'm buying that. He was a much – King Kong. He also won the 462 career home runs, which is, I believe, 41st on the all-time home run list. But back then, it was pretty high up there. Yeah, he's also a three-time All-Star, and I think he had a career, uh, like, 240 average, so – not Hall of Fame worthy up to your standards because batting average wasn't that high. Uh, he he had his opportunity to be voted in, and uh, he didn't get it. So, Okay, so Tim Hudson, another guy that played for both teams, will always remember for his days with the A's. He went 92-39 and 39 with a 330 ERA and a 720 winning percentage. That's pretty incredible. Yes. He joined the Giants in 2014 after nine years with the Atlanta Braves where he was You're also – You're really not going to ask me if Tim Hudson is – No, 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 no. Okay. He won, he won 17 and 22 with a 3.91 ERA and 53 starts with the Giants. He pitched really well in the 2014 NLDS, and he started Game 7 on the World Series against Kansas City, gave up two runs, only pitched an inning and two-thirds. And we always remember because Bumgarner saved that game for the Giants, and they won the World Series. Buying or selling, the Giants don't win the 2014 World Series without Tim Hudson. I'm 
selling. He was he was good for them that year though. You don't win that you don't win the World Series without him pitching in that rotation. Who are you going to throw in there? Vogelsong was done. Lincecum was done. What was he that year? Uh, I don't have that year. Just in his career at the Giants, he was 17 and 22. Yeah, but that 2000. Let let me let me now let me get into this here because I am I am selling because I, I I don't think he was even 500 that year. Uh, Hudson in 2014 was 9 and 13 with a 3.57 ERA. Oh, wins don't matter. They had the 3.57 ERA. In this ballpark, that's not that great. <laughs> right? This true. Is, this is the ultimate pitcher's yeah, park. That's, that's true. If you have a 3.57, hey, do the splits for me real quick. Let's see what he was on the road. Uh, you want me really? All right. Let's see what he was on the road. Can you buy some time? Can yes. You stall? I got the great Roxy Bernstein is here. As Roxy will be uh, – Filling in for me the next uh, two days. He booked Jim Bowden tomorrow. That's a big get. I can't get him. I hope his cell phone doesn't work. I hope something. <laughs> we've we've been trying to get him, and then Roxy was supposed to get him for us, and then now Roxy is taking for himself. That's how Roxy does me. Uh, on the road, uh, in the road uh, that year, Tim Hudson was four and eight with a three two three ERA. He was actually better on the road than he was here. And at home, he was three point nine four. Yeah, I'm selling. You could have, I could have, tell me his war, because I think I could have find just about anybody to have a similar year. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, we don't need to argue with Tim Hudson anymore. He's a great A. He's one of the greatest A's starters. He's a great time. A. He's a great A. Okay, so we, that list came out of things we're going to touch on Friday, but I wanted to take one of them because this is something that could never happen. Christian Yelich could be the first guy to ever hit 30, or have hit 50 and 30, be a 50 30 guy, which you know, 40 40 guy. Ronald Acuna might do it this year. Yelich has 39 homers and 23 steals on the season. He needs 11 home runs in the Brewers' final 43 games to reach that milestone. Buying or selling that Christian, sorry, buying or selling Christian Yelich will be the first guy to ever do 50-30. 50-30. Wow. How many stolen bases does he have? He has 23, so he needs seven more in the last 43 games. And he's, he's not on, playing right now. He's coming back tonight. He's on pace to hit 53 homers and steal 31 bases right now. If he coming back tonight. I'm going to sell. That's really tough to do. Especially uh, long in the sea. I don't know if it's going to be the home runs he doesn't get or it's the stolen bases. He plays in a he plays in that ballpark though. I just I, I I'm going to I'm going to have to sell that one. I'd love to see him do it. I would too. I want to see someone do it. I like Yelich. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, we got to see him other than he wouldn't be a friend of the program. Yeah, it's true. He be big time does. I mean, these young players got to realize they got to get their names out there. They got to get their brands out there. So, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Charlie Manuel's back with the Phillies. He's now their new hitting coach as they relieve their former hitting coach. Manuel's 75, last managed the Phillies in 2013. He is the franchise winningest manager of the 780 and 36 mark, leading the Phillies to the 08 World Series. And they won five straight divisions. I'm just going to get to it right now. Tra buying or selling, Charlie Manuel replaced Gabe Kapler as the manager of the Phillies. Oh, I thought you were going to say, is this a good move, which I was going to buy because he's known. Jim Tomei will tell you he's the greatest hitting coach of all time. Buying or selling? How old is Charlie? 75. 75. Remember, Trader Jack took over. Roxy's good yeah, friend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that. I, I, I just don't – I don't see a major league team going old school. No one wants to be old school. Everybody is the new wave. Yeah, but Gabe Kapler clearly isn't getting it done in Philly. They hit, Bryce Harper has the worst batting average with nobody on base. He's hitting leadoff. I, I, I think if you fire Gabe Kapler at the end of the season, you're not going to say, long-term, I'm going with a 75-year-old. I'm selling. Okay, 
So, uh, the team that we're starting to really fall in love with here knows meet, about the Mets. Meet the Mets. Clearly, we're talking about the 35-80 and 80 Detroit Tigers, who are clearly <laughs> tanking. Uh, they cut out uh, Josh Harrison, who was like their big free agent pickup in the offseason. There, there was a report out earlier this year that Al, that Al Avila, the GM of the Tigers, didn't pull the trigger to get Javi Baez and Alex Bregman a few years ago for trades, including their young ace then, Michael Fulmer. The team failed to trade Michael Boyd, who was their best starter right now. He's controllable at the deadline. They traded Nick Castellanos for literally nothing, and same thing with Shane Green. The Tigers won 64-98, two consecutive years, and they're on pace to maybe break their own record of 119 losses oh my God. this year. Buying or selling Al Avila, not Brody Van Wagenen, is the worst GM in Major League <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> yeah, because uh, was it? how many weeks ago you asked me this exact same question? Uh, like two weeks ago. By the way. The Tigers are 35 games back in the AL Central. They have 35 wins this season. Oh, my God. Oh, there's the face of the franchise, Ray Fossey. Saw you on TV earlier. What's up, back from Chicago. Yeah, he was uh, – what show was Fossey on today? He was on high heat with a uh, friend of the program, Matt Vaskersian. Oh, all right. Well, he's Ray Fossey. He, he's, he's big time. You're going to talk A's baseball, you're going to Ray Fossey. So this actually just happened a little bit ago. Chris Sell just got his 2,000 career strikeout in 1,226 innings. The fastest ever to do it before him was Pedro Martinez. It's seven, 1,711 and one-third innings pitch. They got there faster than Nolan Ryan? That's what it says. Hey, oh, uh, you no, no, Nolan Ryan, 1,865 and two-thirds innings. You know why? Because Nolan at first struggled with the Mets and at times was coming out of the bullpen. So, Sell, this brought my holding. Randy Johnson has the record for most strikeouts ever for a left-hander at 4,875. Buying or selling Chris Sale will pass Randy Johnson to become the to have the most strikeouts ever by a left-hander. No, not a chance. It's already ahead of him right now. Not a chance. Almost 300 losses, Foss. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Oh yeah, there's a lot of guys. You're arguing with the face of the franchise. Yeah, I can't. He was on TV earlier. I'm just doing. I'm just doing. I'm streaming. <laughs> Are we done? No, we got. We, we got a face for radio. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Foss. Are we? Uh, what time are we going to? Uh, well, we, we can. We got about another minute, and then we're done. Oh, I'm, okay. done I'm done with Byron, so I have nothing else left. Oh, you got nothing else? Yeah, I'm left? out. I'm, the, 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 I'm out. You're the, out. The other thing I when had. I'm out. I'm out. The other thing I had was I'm going to save because we're going to go over the article. It's, it has to do with my guy Ryu in, in LA. We'll save that. It's a tease. That's a tease. That's everyone. a Friday tease. Yes, we have an article of all the different things, good and bad, historically that could happen this year. We will get to that on Friday. Do we have any more, anything else to play from the boat that uh, we actually, are not on? Actually, you know what? We could probably play uh, the face of A's All Night, Alex Jensen, did catch up with the president of our team, Dave Cavill, earlier, if you want to play that. Yes, let's hear from Dave Cavill, the president. Okay, let me get to it. Here, here we go. All right, Alex Jensen here in Alameda. I have found A's president, Dave Cavill, here at the Ensenale Yacht Club. Dave, we're getting ready to take off for San Francisco. You just told me this is one of your favorite events of the year. If you were to kind of take this whole scene in, how would you describe it? Well, it's a, it's really a party. Everyone's here celebrating East Bay culture, Oakland culture. We're going to get on the boats, get our flotilla going, head over to, you know, McCovey Cove at Oracle Park and really just have a great time rooting on the Oakland A's. So it was what kind of you like about this event? If you, if you, or rather, if you were to describe what you like most about this event what would that be i think it's the community camaraderie everyone coming together having fun it's kind of an irreverent thing to do
do. It's, you know, this rivalry with San Francisco, and it's truly and uniquely East Bay, Oakland, and I really appreciate that. Could not get a better day for it either, could you? I mean, this weather is per I mean, I mentioned with Chris Giles, but this weather is perfect. It's perfect. You know, it's like 85 degrees. People are going to love the time out on the water, and, you know, to be out there, to be looking into the stadium, the energy, it's just a lot of fun. Annual McCovey Cove takeover. I think we have... Yeah, that was on me. I, I let it go next to Cavill Speech. That's the stuff of this millennial technology. You can't just stop it. You're kind of struggling with your millennial technology here at Oracle Park. Yeah, well, uh, th these are these are different working conditions, so I'm not used to this environment. <laughs> you struggle with your environments, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. All righty, that is going to do it for A's Cast Live. I will be gone tomorrow and Thursday. We'll be down in the Valley of the Sun with the Raiders taking on the Cardinals in preseason. Kyler Murray. Former A. I'm actually going to – I think I'm going to go up and say something to him. Get some audio and send it back to him. We'll play it on Friday. Okay. Uh, I will be back on Friday, but uh, Roxy Bernstein will step in the next couple days. And the face of A's all night, Alex Jensen will – is that what we're playing next, even though we didn't have a game yesterday? Yeah, we'll play Alex. Okay. We're he, gonna de play. He, de he deserves his run. We're going to play Alex, and then I'll be back. What time am I back with pregame? Uh, 540. 5.40. I'll be getting you ready right here on A's cast and 860, The Answer. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. What a – look at this guest list. Farhan Zaidi, president of uh, baseball operations for the Giants, Bob Melvin, Glenn Kuyper, Stephen Vogt, Marty Lurie. You can't get any better guests if you're talking baseball than this show. Jim Bowden tomorrow with Roxy. Oh, you sons. I, you know what? I'm glad I'm going to be out of town. I really am because that, that, that fries me. And uh, Roxy will be on after the game till 7 o'clock tomorrow night. All right, we'll be back in just a little bit. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.